The blast from our past network. Hello and welcome to the Blast from Our Past podcast, where the podcast gives you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm Big Papa. <laughs> and I'm Adam3000. <laughs> and today we have another album review for you. You know, Adam, sometimes sometimes I get nostalgic for home. Mm-hmm. And people may not know this, but uh, both you and I were both born in the unlikely town of Des Moines, Iowa, mm-hmm. but we didn't grow up there. No. We grew up on the mean streets <laughs> of Alpharetta, Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> the, the whitest possible town I could mention in Georgia. Yes. Uh, absolutely. I actually just went um, last weekend. I was up like in Dunwoody area staying with a friend, and we had to go around Alpharetta, and we did a little drive around of our some old stomping grounds, uh, my old mm-hmm. high school centennial. You went to Milton, a different one, mm-hmm. um, but Haynesbridge Elementary, where I can't remember. You know, you went, you didn't, you went to Otwell. You didn't go to Haynesbridge, did you? Yeah. Uh, to you mean the middle school? Middle school. That's yes, I, I did. I went to uh, I went to Haynesbridge for seven and eight. Oh, seven and eight. Okay, all right. So never mind. Um, so yeah, so we both went to Haynesbridge, but we drove around that, and then um, so now it's not even Alpharetta where we used to live. It's right. now called Johns Creek. Which sounds even wider, <laughs> because it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but I went to our old house that I kind of consider the house that I grew up with, right? You know, of that, course, the brown house, uh, yeah, on uh, you know uh, in Alpharetta, and I drove by it. It didn't look anything like it. They actually gotten rid of some trees, and so I had to drive by it twice before I recognized, <laughs> like, oh wait, that's it, because I had to do it on the number because just by look alone, it didn't look right. anything like it had before. Oh. Good for them. There's, that house needed a lot of upkeep. So <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. So, um, but yeah, very, very nostalgic. Uh, you know, living that thug life uh, in <laughs> Alpharetta. That was that was us, man. That's what we did. Yep. And I don't know about you, but I usually when someone asks me like, "Where did you grow up?" or "Where are you from?" I typically say Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just because most of my formative years were there, mm-hmm. um, and of course. That means we lived around the huge metropolitan area that is Atlanta, and I don't know about you, but I pretty much just tell everyone Atlanta uh, expands a hundred miles in every direction. Yeah, it does. It is uh, the growth of like I call it Atlanta sprawl, and it mm-hmm. is just it just kind of takes over. Um, and it's all feels like the exact same city now. Uh, yeah. and maybe it didn't at one point, but I can tell you between Marietta, Dunwoody, Alpharetta, Woodstock, Roswell, even coming now where we kind of grew up a little bit before it was a little bit more in the sticks, you know, a little bit kind wow. of its own, his own city back in the day. Now it's just yeah. been taken over by everything, like everything else. Right. And they're all just one big fucking conglomerate suburb. Yep. It all, it, it, nothing ends. You could drive from probably coming to Atlanta and nothing would look different. Nothing yeah. would change. It didn't feel like you're changing cities at all. Yeah. Other, other than you're just getting closer to the big buildings and mm-hmm. that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so because of our, you know, nostalgic love uh, for growing up outside of Atlanta, today we are going to talk the seminal Southern hip hop group, Outcast's third album, 
Aquemini. I've, I've probably said this before. Rap and hip hop was something that I got into late in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, you know, there were certain songs that I would listen to um, when they came out, but in a lot of cases, I only listened to things sort of after they had been cool or after the fact for, because I was very much a hard rock kid. And that's anything that was new hard rock, that's what I was listening to, not any of the other stuff I didn't I didn't openly listen to. I had an open hatred of country and rap and it's like those I don't like those. And then now I realize no, that was dumb. Mm-hmm. I did listen to some of those. I just never admitted it. Because yeah. it wasn't cool. At least not in my circle of friends. But one uh group that I have come to love and appreciate the fact that they are from Atlanta is Outcast. Um, I have seen them in concert. I saw them when uh, when I was at UGA. They played at the uh, the little big sort of student field. Yeah, there. Uh, this would have been my sophomore year of high uh, not high school, sophomore year of college. So probably uh, two thousand two thousand one around that time. Okay, a fantastic show. Nice, fantastic show. I loved it so much. Very cool. Yeah, I I've never seen them live, um, but I have very similar feelings with you. Uh, they, and you said seminal Southern rap group, and that is exactly what it is to me. When I think of Atlanta hip hop and rap outcast is at the very tip top. I like them better than, uh, ludicrous, better than TI, better than any, pretty much any of the other like Atlanta based people. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just, they have an interesting, vibe about them man like they just feel unique like in a, in a rap game where everything seemed to be about just thug life and that's it these guys came out and they just were just themselves and i really liked that and they just got a very interesting sound to them and i i their rap style even the way that they just do their flow is a little different than a lot of their stuff and i mm-hmm. liked and i've always appreciated it and I always had this nostalgic feel and like a little defensive quality you know when Peter talking about like the best rappers and I would always say well, what about Outkast <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah the thing that always that got me appreciative of Outkast was their use of different styles mm-hmm. that they would incorporate into their music they would use all different types of sounds and I really appreciated um, the variety of kind of influences that they seem to have Absolutely. All right. So the album. Oh, I should really just kind of say, like, what is what was your experience with uh, this album, Aquemini? Uh, what I remember is, um, so it came out in 1998. I can't remember if you mentioned that or not. Nice. I don't think I heard this song or this album right away. I might. It might have been not too long after it came out. Um, I feel like I first heard this album. Uh, from our sister. I think she either had the album or maybe I think her boyfriend at the time burned her a copy or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- honestly, that's what I kind of, for some reason I have a memory in my head associating this album with her. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. I think I vaguely remember her having it. I didn't really become familiar with the album at all until college. Um, a lot of the guy I was in the the drum line at UGA and a lot of those guys were really big into hip hop. That's, and honestly, that's how I got exposed to, uh, other groups like, uh, tribe called quest and, mm-hmm. uh, the roots and, you yeah. know, groups like that. Cause they, the, a lot of those guys were into it. Um, and I remember specifically, uh, and I'll talk about it more when we get to the song, but, uh, I used to have a, a group that I would 
eat lunch with regularly at the, one of the dining halls, and uh, we used to quote one of these songs all the time. Mm. Okay. It, it kind of became like a weird de facto greeting, and uh, I'll kind of explain that when we get to it. So as you uh, mentioned, it came out in 1998, released on September 29th, uh, released on the LaFace label. Uh, so uh, uh, Babyface and okay. someone else, I forget, uh, was produced by Outkast along with uh, a group called Organized Noise, which was uh, a production group, uh, Ray Murray, Rico Wade, and... Patrick Sleepy Brown, sorry, Patrick Sleepy Brown. Sleepy Brown was his uh, kind of stage name. And then uh, also produced by a guy named Mr. DJ, a guy named David Sheets, who kind of became Outcast DJ. Um, so he he is in an, a, a separate production company called Earth Tone 3 with uh, Big Boy and Andre 3000 hmm. uh, with them. Um, Organized Noise has done uh, things like they worked on TLC's Waterfalls. Oh, okay. Uh, in Vogue's Don't Let Go Love, um, and Ludacris' is Saturday. So, a, a lot of stuff. Um, the personnel on this album is pretty extensive. <laughs> a lot of people. Um, and it's a lot of people doing vocals. Um, obviously, the band itself, Outcast, is Andre Benjamin, also known as Andre 3000, and Antoine Patton, who is known as Big Boy. Mm-hmm. Other voices that you'll hear on this one, um, uh, Raekwon, Erica Badu, who I believe is married to Andre 3000, or was married. I'm not sure if they still are. Yeah, not sure if they still are, but uh, they were for sure. Um, CeeLo Green yeah. did vocals on this one. Goody Mob, and then a, a bunch of other ones that I'm not familiar with because I'm not as ingrained into uh, the rap scene, especially for that time. Um, and they had a lot of people doing. They had real instruments on a lot of on several songs. Um, I, that's the other thing I loved about Outkast is they incorporate a lot of real instruments into songs, and it's not all the time. And I under, I I get that. I have more of appreciation now for sampling now than I think I ever would have when I was a kid. Um, but I always appreciated how they used um, a lot of real instruments mixed in with the samples and, and drum beats and stuff that they used. Mm-hmm. Yes, actually, Babyface is listed as an executive producer because okay. of uh, it's uh, with uh, LaFace mm-hmm. Records. Um, and there's a whole bunch of other people you can kind of go look up uh, that. Oh, George Clinton. I should have yeah, said that one. Yes. That's a big one. Yeah, he's actually uh, coming. He's playing LaGrange in uh, uh, in just about one month. So I'll, I'll get nice. to see him in person. Is it just him or is it him with P-Funk? Nope. P-Funk's there. Nice. Yeah. Uh, all right, Adam, hit me with some facts. All right. So the the name Equimini comes from the song Equimini, but uh, it basically is a mix of their two Zodiac signs. Uh, Big Boy is an Aquarius and Andre 3000 is a Gemini. So Equimini, uh, as you get that. And it hit number two on the Billboard 200, so hit really high. It's certified double platinum, uh, probably one of their bigger selling albums. Um, well, probably until I think their their speaker box a little below probably did sell more because uh, mm. of Hey Ya. There were two number one hits on that on that uh, double album. And uh, in this one is thought to be one of like just a great album in general. Yeah. In 2003, Rolling Stone list uh, put out a list of their 500 greatest albums of all time. This one just made the list at 500, 
But then in 2020, they updated the list and it shot up the ranks and it made it all the way up to number 49. Oh, wow. Went from in 17 years, it went from 500 to 49. That's quite the jump. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, I'm I'm curious how it made such a huge, huge jump. But uh, but yeah, I guess over time, people have just kind of recognized the artistry and kind of maybe the um, yeah, the the lyrics and bringing in different uh, instrumentation into this stuff. Um, but this this album has seems to consistently be kind of brought into some of the some of the better, you know, hip hop albums or just, uh, you mm-hmm. know, great albums altogether. So oddly enough, this is not my favorite uh, Outcast album. No, uh, I know mine. I don't know. This It's hard to say. I think, yeah, I think mine's going to got to be Stankonia. Stankonia is my favorite. Yeah, for sure. I, I there was just I there were more hits off that one. Mm. I feel. But yeah. like I just I loved that one. Um, okay. Also because that was sort of like that was the album that I was I started to become interested in Outcast around the release of this album. Okay. So I actually I did have the album. Um, I listened to it um, several times. Um, I actually my wife listened to it and and enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's not at all a, a rap and hip hop person. Nice. All right. Well, Adam, let's go ahead and dive in, and we'll start off with a song called Hold On, Be Strong. All right, so it's just kind of a little introduction. Yeah, hard to call that much of a song. No. It, yeah, right. It's just a little little intro and it didn't do much for me. No, it's it's Outcast does love to put like these sort of um interlude things in yeah. a lot of their their albums. Um and I I think in Stankoni I remember them like doing them as separate tracks more. In this one they integrated them more into the songs. Which means it's harder to delete them from your iTunes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't particularly care for that part either. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just, a little, it's someone singing with a shit ton of reverb on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So let's go ahead and move on to the next uh, next song from that called "Return of the G." Turn of the gangster, bankster. Them niggas that got them kids, they got enough to buy ounce, but not enough to bounce them kids to the door to the park. So they grow up in the dark, never seeing light, so they end up being like your sorry ass. Robbing niggas and broad ass, they like get down. Return of the gangster, bankster. Them niggas who get the wrong impression of expression, then the question is big, but what's up with Andre? Is he in the coat? Is he on drugs? Is he gay? When y'all gonna break up? When y'all gonna wake up? Nigga, I'm feeling better than ever. What's wrong with you? You get down. I had not heard this song before. I had not actually listened to this whole album much. That would kind okay. of spoil my final thoughts. Um, I was only mostly familiar with a couple of songs. But I really liked this opening. Um, it, has a, it has a little bit of an R&B vibe with the, with the singing. But 
you get hit immediately with Andre's rapping, which nobody sounds like Andre, and Andre sounds like nobody. You can pick him out. <laughs> the way he raps is very unique and distinct. And I really, I've I've always liked the pairing of Andre and Big Boy, mm-hmm. because Big Boy seems to be a little bit more of like the straight rapper, mm-hmm. and Andre like he likes to, he likes to he seems like he likes to experiment, yeah, and maybe not just with like the with you know the background of the song, but like with uh, his lyrics and uh, with his his rhyme schemes and his rhythms that he that he's doing. And I, I kind of appreciate the combination of the two of them together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I actually rather liked this song. Yeah. Yeah. I think I agree. Um, cut off, hold on, be strong, and just start off right with uh, Return of the G. Because it is interesting. It is, you can tell right away that they're trying some interesting stuff lyrically, even auditorily. They're doing mm-hmm. some kind of some different panning. Um, and, you know, it's it's a smarter hip hop than I think a lot of people were putting out around this time. Cause um, yeah, they're, they're trying, they're experimenting uh, with stuff musically, but also like the lyrics wise, you know, I looked into it and it looks like it's kind of a commentary about, you know, people think you have to be hard to, you know, to write raps and that only gangster rap is worth listening to and whatnot. And they're just like saying, Hey, no, you know, yes, it's the return of the gangster, but we are our own gangsters and we're our own, um, you know, we're making our own way and doing our own thing. So yeah, I, I did. I agree. I, I enjoyed the song. Not, the best song on the album, but mm-hmm. I thought this was a solid way to kick off, uh, to kick off, uh, Equimini. Um, and then, uh, they have a skit at the end where they're trying to sell. Someone's trying to buy, you know, an out al- the album on the street. Um, mm-hmm. they're also even kind of almost making fun of themselves. I hear it. Cause they, there, someone mentions, man, first they were pimps, then they were aliens. And now they're all <laughs> by this black righteous shit, whatever, you know, all this <laughs> kind of stuff. So, um, so I, I appreciate that at least. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the next song, which honestly is the song I most associate with Outkast and is is the one that, I don't know, I feel like it it put them on the map for a wider audience. I feel like this song did that. I don't know how you feel. Um, But it is called Rosa Parks. Many a day has passed, the night has gone by, but still I find the time to put that bump off in your eye. Total chaos, but these playoffs thought we was absent. We're taking another route to represent the Dungeon family like Ray Day. Me and my nigga decide to take the back way. We stab in every city, then we headed to that back cave. ATL, Georgia, what do we do? Fall ya, Bulldog and hoes like them Georgetown Hoggers. Boy, you time to sit in the room and sit in like just aside from the you know the the technical rapping and anything else on it, just a fun song to listen to. I love like the intro part of it, you know. Oh, mm-hmm. uh-huh. yeah, yeah. And then, I like a lack of look. Like whatever it is, all the mm-hmm. stuff that they kind of like they start layering some things in, like to get you going. I love that intro. I love this song. Um, what you mentioned. It's kind of, yeah, I remember, or I feel that this was the first ever outcast outcast song I've heard. Mm -hmm. Um, I might, I don't think I've heard, I think this was the one that introduced me to them. um, Because it it is, it's definitely one of their biggest hits. Uh, It's not, I mean, it's not their biggest hit because Miss Jackson was bigger. Hey, Ya was bigger. uh, I like the way you move was bigger. 
But this is up there, and I think this is just one of their most fun songs, period. Yeah, absolutely love it when this song, uh, you know, comes on. It's got it's got a kind of a, a almost like a folky back porch feel with yeah. that guitar. Like you can see like a group of people like kind of just singing the song together uh, on on the back porch, and they just yeah. took that and they put it into their hip hop world. Um, you even get a cool like harmonica breakdown. Mm-hmm. solo in it which i'd love and it just just sort of adds to that feel like this is just something that that was you know it feels like something that was just sort of created with the guys sitting around you know on the back porch just having fun yeah yeah it's got a southern feel to it you're right uh hit number 55 on the billboard hot 100 so that's a minor hit that's not a, like a huge hit for him but this is one man i, I just i get awesome like 90s hip-hop feels with this song yeah uh famously they were taken to court by <laughs> the actual rosa parks over uh-huh. over this and it, it is because she objected to like the language that was on yeah. the, the song she, i mean she wasn't even they didn't mention her at all in the song literally no. the only connection is everybody moves to the back of the bus <laughs> and and like that's the connection and they named the song rosa parks but right. she's not really mentioned like they're not the song's not really about her no, and I think ultimately she lost the. Uh, uh, I saw they they came to a um a, a settlement. A, they did a settlement. Okay. So she got a little bit of money, and then they also had to like, or they also gave some money to educational programs, right. um, like about her and that kind of stuff. Uh, no, the the court case actually went all the way up to the Supreme Court. The because wow. they, they appealed, so judges originally tossed it out for First Amendment, and they're like, no, nah, it's you know you can't you can't sue them for this um but apparently the supreme court ended up allowing the court the the you know the lawsuit to happen mm-hmm. um which i always i find ridiculous like you know when i think of the supreme court and what they're what they are deciding on um i feel like it should be just the biggest stuff in the world rosa parks suing outcast should not be going in front <laughs> of the supreme court but whatever uh that kind of thing did and so yeah so they they allowed it to happen johnny cochran was her lawyer at one point yeah i saw um, that so, but yeah, yeah. So it ended. It ended in a settlement, but it's just kind of funny. Yeah. So, and then I'll just kind of bring this up. So a few months ago, there was this big thing in the in the uh, in in sort of the music world about uh, Dua Lipa and her song "Levitating." Um, they were being sued by this reggae band, a very little known reggae band uh, out of like New Orleans, for basically for copyright infringement mm-hmm. for that song, and. I saw a lot of videos, a lot of the kind of music guys I watch on YouTube talking about it, and most of them made this point. Like, well, okay, it's hard to say whether or not they were influenced because this this band put out this song like only a few months before um, Dua Lipa's song came out, uh-huh. and nobody heard it. Yeah. You know, it, it was like on SoundCloud or something like that. But the, the one guy I watched goes, but it doesn't matter because that band could also be sued because it also sounds like Rosa Parks. The uh. same bum bum ba da 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 it's it's exactly like the um the vocal part from Rosa Parks. Uh-huh. So Outcast could have had a, a hand in saying, <laughs> you know what? Screw all of you. Yeah. Um I don't think they did. Because it to me there was enough of a difference in between at least between Outcast and Dua Lipa. But I, I think uh, I think inevitably it was like it was just dis- the it was dismissed. I, don't I, think. I think you have to prove intent. 
yeah. you know, with us. Sometimes, you know, sometimes artists like chords sound good in, you know, in certain progressions. And so it's oh, like yeah. artists are going to make those similar chords in similar sounds after all the music that's being made out there. We only have 12 notes in Western music and there's only so many combinations we can really kind of come up with. And there's only as a much smaller number of combinations that sound good together. Mm-hmm. So it's it's inevitable that that you're going to get um you know similar sounds yeah. in a lot of stuff. Yeah. So uh but this song man it it always puts a smile to my face every mm-hmm. fucking time I hear it. Yep. Uh all right. Let's move on to the next song which is called Skew It on the Barbie. The common denominator, the nigga numerator. Never know who to hate, a niggas cater to your ego. I'm sorry, like Atari, who's the cousin to Coleco. Fish in Puerto Rico, back on the street like Chico. The barge, he large, and got a lack in the garage. Few parts here and there, I declare hard. My lord, one at Clark, one at Spellman. Both know each other, and it's cool. You can tell. All right, so after Rosa Parks, this is my next favorite song on the album. Yes, this is, uh, I'm, it's a good thing and maybe a bad thing that they're right next to each other, mm-hmm. um, but they are both insanely catchy, good songs. Yeah. Um, this is a song I'm talking about um, that uh, when I had my little lunch crew in uh, in college, that was sort of like when whenever the whenever someone would sit down and it didn't it just it seemed to happen every day someone would go yeah 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 and then everyone else would finish the woo rah, rah. <laughs> or yeah <laughs> it just became a thing um and because of that i went back and, and and listened to the song and became one of my favorite rap songs to listen to mm-hmm. um fairly you know simple in it and it's just it's got the beat they're just kind of there's uh, three of them uh andre and then they have uh Raekwon. Who uh, who guests who features on this one, and then uh, Big Boy ends it out. But uh, the beat in the background is very catchy. It's very upbeat. Um, it, it's a good follow, as you said, I think, to Rosa Parks. And they're mm-hmm. you know it, it keeps that sort of party vibe still going. Yeah, you're right. I, I like that the way it's put. Uh, it's a party vibe. Yeah. Um, the song was put out as a single, but it didn't chart. Um. You know, I, I don't know all the stuff of what the song is about, but I will just say I love the song because of the fun beat, the fun vibes, mm-hmm. and it just it gets me in, in a catchy feel. Yeah, totally agree. And this is where the end of where I would listen to song on this album was. <laughs> the first four songs, and probably only songs three and four. Yes, it was pretty much just songs three and four. That was it. okay. All right, so let's move on to the title track, Aquemini. Even the sun goes down, heroes eventually die. Horoscopes often lie, and sometimes why? Nothing is for show, nothing is for certain, and nothing lasts forever but until they close the curtain. It's him and I, or Quim and I. Twice upon a time, there was a boy who died and lived happily ever after. But that's another chapter live from Home of the Brave with Dirty Dollars, Beauty Parlors, Baby Ballers, Bowling Balling Parlors. Much like country music, I feel like the focus in hip hop is the lyrics. 
in mm-hmm. what they're saying. But I'm I'm a music guy, and I tended to listen to a lot to what was going on in the background. And to me, I what I appreciated was it actually sounded like kind of a there were like there was actual a band playing this background sound. Whether or not it was all together, or you know they took parts of one thing or another, I really liked their use of uh, reverb on the drum kit. On this one, especially on the on the what they call a cross stick, the sort of click sound, and so that was honestly that's what I focused on a lot. Okay. I could listen to Andre three thousand rap all day, even if I, yeah. even if I'm not paying attention to what he actually says. Mm-hmm. I just I like the quality his of his voice. Yeah, yeah, they do. Uh, yeah, unique, unique flow. Um, as I mentioned, yeah, this was a a, a blend of Aquarius and Gemini, and really the lyrics on this one this is a bonding song this is about mm. them saying that they are two different types of people you know they are you know one's an aquarius one's a gemini they they have different kind of mentalities but they're always going to be they're going to be together um you know i like that they kind of this is kind of almost like a you know a love song of them together so i i i like that um i will say mostly this is a skip for me mm-hmm. um the song itself, I think, is fine, but I do, I like, yeah, I like the raps pretty well. Like, when I was younger, though, I would pretty much skip it. It's got a weird skit at the end, uh, <laughs> dealing with Igor and, like, a Frankenstein kind of shit. Uh, but that ends up flowing into the next song, uh, at least. Cool. So. All right, let's move on to that next song, which features uh, George Clinton and is called Synthesizer. of reality you mad at me boy how you gonna handle me you want me to lollygag and talk that bullshit i refuse to play so i'm gonna speak that southern good shit that harder than you. i appreciate the all the actual synthesizer stuff that's going on there um mm-hmm. i think uh i think george clinton was doing some of that probably um i admittedly if i'm not paying attention to the words the the songs just kind of like wave over me uh-huh. and so for this one it it sounded fine. I like there were there wasn't a single one on this one where I felt like I needed to skip to the next one. Mm-hmm. I could listen to everything, but there was nothing nothing like Rosa Parks or Skewed on the bar, on the Barbie that like you know I wanted. I don't. I I think I wanted more of that like party vibe throughout this album, and and definitely didn't get it with this one. Yeah. Um. You're absolutely right. Like this, this one was back in the day when I would listen to the album would be like an instant script skip. This is the first time I actually probably listened to the whole song all the way through. Mm. Um, I like the song. Definitely, it's about like the influence and uh, and of technology and computers that they're having on humanity, culture, and music. Um, when you look at the lyrics, that's really kind of what they're talking about. I respect the depth and the message, but you're right. I, I'm my favorite stuff is the party vibe, like the fun, the catchy stuff. Um, because they have like, you know, they are their beats and then they're rapping on top and I can, I, I can listen to the flow, but I'm not really paying that much attention. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, I respect what they're doing. Absolutely. Especially cause like, hell, I do feel like we're getting a whole bunch of different 
styles already. Yeah. Like here, we're getting these synthesizers in here. Um, we're getting different, different feely feel stuff, different feels of different styles of music. But, um, but yeah, this was not one that I like, you know, really, really love. Uh, and then it ends with a skip or it ends with a skit that is kind of, I probably possibly setting up the next song, uh, where it's a guy trying to buy weed, but it's too expensive. I feel you. <laughs> no, yeah. How many times did you go on the street corner, John? None. Have you ever, yeah. Did you ever suck dick for Coke? Sorry, what, am I, Bo- what am I, Bob Saget? Yeah, what are you, Bob Saget? <laughs> <laughs> you don't suck dick with weed for weed, man. <laughs> anyway. Uh, let's move on to the next song called Slump. From front to back street, listen, we on a mission to get right. Working street corner in the midnight. Picture the scene, these fiends with five ten dollar dream schemes. Four sack of that, believe that. I'm with whatever, like we straw. Stuck serving my cocaine raw. Drop 62 off the brick. Jump back 20 over, now that more money to get. Slick, we finna lick on the corner without getting caught. But time, keep us slipping the money getting shot. Plus that crooked cop rock, think we blow slanging. That's why he ride through the hole with the door swinging. But I make moves. This one, I found to be pretty catchy, mostly because I was really focusing on like that kind of like cool wah guitar that was going on mm-hmm. in the background. Um, yeah. Nice kind of upbeat. I I liked this one. Yeah, I agree. This one kind of brought a little bit more of like the catchiness back into it. Um, it definitely is about like drug dealing on the street, uh, hollering a hooty hoo when you <laughs> see a cop, that kind of stuff, which I, you know, I'm only assuming is, is you know, from their context <laughs> is, you know, when a cop's coming, like you used to say, uh, uh, what was the number? Not four seven. God, I'm so. I'm so Five oh. Five oh. I could have. <laughs> I want to say four. Yeah, we have like five oh. You know, it's like a warning. Hey, cops around. Uh, that kind of stuff. Um, but looking into lyrics, you know, it's about life on the street, but you're also, you know, you're doing it to make the money so you can give it back to your family and your, and your community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that kind of stuff. So yeah, I, I did like the song. I think it was a, a, a step up. I, I preferred it to synthesize synthesizer and Equemini. So this one was solid. Cool. Yep. All right. Uh, let's move on to the next one, which is titled West Savannah. February 1st, 1975, it happened. Was born in West Savannah way before I started rapping. My mama had a nigga at the age of 15. My daddy was sending that sack, now he's got responsibility. Stayed at me granny's while me mammy was at work, and she couldn't watch my every remove, so did I started serving. Around Fraser home, down in the West Side Projects, changing over food stamps and hitting a lick for sexy. I'm just a player like that. My jeans just sharply creased, I got a fresh white t shirt, and my cap is slightly pointed. What I really liked about this one is the kind of tribe called quest vibes i'm getting from the the beats in the background the the kind of almost jazzy swing the 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 horns um which of course they're kind of known for that sort of new york jazz rap style um so i kind of i really appreciated that was uh was one of them from savannah yeah uh big boy uh was born in savannah okay i grew up there even though this, even this one's more a little bit laid back, because I already have that appreciation for Tribe Called Quest, it kind of endeared me to this song. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, it does. Uh, I like Quest as well. Um, we'll see. They might be making both of our lists for upcoming uh, '90s rap hip hop artists, mm. and uh, maybe Outkast will too. I don't know. We'll yeah, have we'll to find out. Figure that out. We've got an upcoming uh, episode uh, with our good friend uh, Ben Young, who has been on the show a few times before. So get. 
get excited for that one because I know I'm I'm actually in the middle of doing prep for that one, so I'm I'm kind of listening through. I'm going through my entire um, <laughs> uh, iTunes playlist and like picking out okay, what are all my songs first, and then I'm also gonna like research '90s hip hop songs, '90s right. rap songs, and listen to that. But but either way, uh, yeah, this one's this one's decent. This one's not like you know my favorite on the album, but I can absolutely just sit back and listen to it and be pretty happy. Mm-hmm. So. Have you did you? talk to your wife about the west side of savannah was it a rough area i i did not ask her okay (laughs) i have no idea i feel like you should have i should i you know what i'm sorry she's taking a nap right now though so i can't i can't do it she'll probably cut me if i go wake her up that's fair so maybe she's from the west side and she's pretty tough (laughs) that's probably it all right let's move on to the next one which i think was actually released as a single yep it was and it is the art of storytelling, part one. My daughter plus my baby mama beat me too. She said she understood and everything was kosher. I gave her a little wheel CD and a fucking poster. It's like that now. It's like that now. You better go get the hoe about your bag now. It's about four, five cats off in my leg now. Just shoot game in the form of story raps now. It's like that now. It's like that now. Now Susie's crew had a partner named Sasha Thumper I remember her number like the summer When her and Susie, yeah, they threw a slumber Party, but you can't call it that Cause it was slumber Well, it was more like spending the night Three in the morning on the desk I appreciate that, that uh, we get kind of like a sung uh, chorus in this one yeah. And the whole song gives me very much like 70s exploitation film theme vibes I, I wholeheartedly agree and, and that's something that I feel like outcast kind of they kind of they swerved into mm-hmm. you know like that was definitely something that they um you know they kind of you know big boy always wore like his big old like like a pimp coat basically like a fur mm-hmm. coat all the time and under 3000 kind of wearing interesting get-ups yeah but like it just it did seem to fit and i feel like that yeah that uh, the style of this one absolutely fits in there uh you're right it was a single hit number 67 on the hip-hop chart uh, so not like a huge hit or anything. I didn't. Mm. It didn't break into the uh, Billboard Hot 100, but um, but yeah, solid. I I all the the lyrics are kind of about. I don't know. Yeah, they're kind of telling a story. Uh, Big Boy at first, kind of talking about, um, you know, uh, it looks like a, a woman he knew who was I'm assuming is a prostitute or at least slept around a lot. And then mm-hmm. Andre talking about someone she he knew a female who was with a potential abusive man, and you know he he always really liked her and was hoping that you know he would see her one day, and then he found out that. Next thing he heard about her, she was pregnant and on heroin. So just kind of interesting. Could have been true story stuff. I'm not sure. Uh, but they're just telling some different stories, and I like it. Yeah. And it uh, leads us very easily into the next song, which is The Art of Storytelling, part two. I appreciate the sort of heavy saturation that they kind of put on uh, Andre's voice, uh-huh. but I, I, to me, it felt like it was a little too much. Yeah, it was it was distorted a good bit to where I it was kind of hard to understand him. Um, yeah, they were going pretty heavy with it, but mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was solid. I you know I'm not sure if I 
did you like the, the part one better than part two? I think I definitely liked part one better than part two. I think I would I would agree with you on this one. Uh, looking at the lyrics, it might be kind of about the apocalypse. There's a line, Ma- Mama Earth is dying, thinking I see four horsies. Uh, assuming, <laughs> you know, about four horses of the yep. apocalypse. Um, but other another person I saw kind of looking at... Uh, so I typically go to a website called uh, songmeanings.com mm-hmm. and just see what people have kind of written of what they think a lot of these songs are about. Uh, one person said he actually, you know... He, it, it comes across as a part of the apocalypse, but he thinks it's actually about them just getting really high and paranoid, which is <laughs> possible too. So yeah, this one, this one was okay. This one, this one was okay, but I like the first one better. Okay, cool. Uh, all right, let's move on to the next song called Mamacita. Mahogany teen queens up on the rise. Be careful, watch your back. Black girls, don't wear the skies. How we coming, coming hard. Camels who slow, sick of kids do anything Hustlers keep loot the show Your game is hot, you can never be your winner Just begun the game, so consider the beginner Masada for real, the shorty here is here to stay Mahogany go platinum, after that we just parlay I'm from the bricks, we get kicked Over loud gunshot licks Fuck stones and sticks, loud mouths get nicked This life is plush, I beat the bell, we boys I found myself actually rather enjoying this one Mostly just because it didn't sound like anything else mm. on here with um, other the female voice on here, um, I felt like the song was a little long. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a little bit too much repetition of some of the stuff, but I, it was it was a good middle of the road song. I felt for me, this was probably the first one on the album that, other than like the skits and like that intro, that I actively didn't like. Um, and it wasn't, it was the verses were fine. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't dislike the female rapper. Um, and when Andre and Big Boy got in there, I didn't have any problems. They were kind of all talking about, um, I don't know, Andre at one point was talking about, uh, uh, he saw a woman who broke up with her boyfriend and then her female friend is trying to get her drunk, maybe take advantage of her. Um, at least that's his verse, but all the other ones seemingly have to do with kind of sexual advancements or some kind of sexual situations. Or we, you know, with people, um, what I hated and whatever it is, man, whatever it is, the mamacita papadana, I hate it. I fucking <laughs> hate it. And they keep repeating it and I can't stand it. Yeah. The, like whatever it is, I hate the, I fucking hate the that. problem was the amount of repetition. Yeah. Um, I was fine with it. Like the first time, maybe the second time, but if it the second time it would have had to happen later in the song, like for it to come back later, but it happened too much. Yeah, way too much. Yeah. So, so yeah, and that was really my only, uh, my only problem with it. Um, otherwise, uh, you know, yeah, the lyrics were fine. the 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 flow was fine, but mm-hmm. I, I just the chorus part it really irked me. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on to the next one, which I think might be the best title of a song <laughs> on this album, and that is "Spotty Yaddy Dopalicious." There was a lot about this song I actually really did like. 
Um, I liked the horns because they added an almost reggae vibe, maybe even a little bit of a ska vibe, okay. uh, maybe Jamaican style ska um, to the song. And it, it was very almost psychedelic. All right. Yeah, I can see that. Absolutely can see that. To me, this song is right up there. Um, I'm not sure. I can't tell you if I like Rosa Parks better or if I like Spodiotti Delicious better. Um, they're totally different songs. Yes. Completely different. This song is what I call a fucking mood, man. Yes, it is. And it, it's a fucking mood. Like, it is just, it's funky goodness. You're right. The way they mix in the horns is amazing. It, it just, this is a song, I'm not a weed guy, right. but this is a song I would love to smoke and just sit back and just listen to this song. This is absolutely a song to get high to. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just, it's got so, so many interesting sounds to it. And I love the lyrics, man. I, I absolutely remember. And I, I don't know if I actually tried it or not, but there's a line here. Her neck was smelling sweeter than a plate of yams with extra syrup. I do. I remember that one. I, I so bad wanted to use that line on somebody. Like I wanted to go to a bar and like, you know, sniff a neck and then, Oh damn girl, you smell sweeter than a plate of yams with extra syrup. Um, I don't think I ever did. I, I I'm not, I couldn't have probably smart on your, <laughs> on your part to not do that. But there's so many interest. I mean, like, yeah, who else wants to fuck with Hollywood court or Hollywood coal? Um, other stuff like there is just, they're telling like these funky, uh, funky stories. Mm-hmm. And it's in just, just like this. It's just got this smooth vibe to it. This relaxing. I'm like chilled out. But I'm just fucking loving every minute of this song. Yeah, it was it was it was very like I actually this was the other than like I would have done it with Rosa Parks and Scoot on the Barbie. This was the one song off this album as I was listening to it that I actually went back and listened to uh, it again immediately after. I was like, you know what, I'm playing that one again. Yeah, and this is um, I I've liked this song for a long time. Um, I remember like. Yeah, because uh, I always I typically I typically make little playlists on my iTunes like mm-hmm. genres. So I have like a hip hop mix. I have a um, like an anytime's mix. And this actually this song made my anytime's mix, mix anytime's mix because it's one that I can just put on and I'm just like, oh, it just kind of like <laughs> it makes me sink into my chair and I just start I just start grooving. My head just kind of moves in like that that kind of like back and forth kind of wave motion. I'm like yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, and I love it. Yeah. Totally agree. All right, well, let's move on to the next one, which features Timo, Big Grip, and Cujo, and it's called Y'all Scared. This puzzle comes together, sever your ties with the bad guys, let the lies go. If you want to be a hoe, go ahead and don't be scared. Many of this represents and is led. Whichever way, no, I'm not gay. And we don't give a fuck on what you doing. No, guys, I paved the way for my Southwestern A warriors to come and pack, to feed, taking what we need to succeed. You know what we gon' do on this road? We gon' explode. Now, are you ready for this territory? Making our life one big story to tell. Reality, your muscle youth, no less reference in my body. I got I'm not scared. This song was fine. Yeah, I, I give it a meh um, because like the first few verses aren't uh, Andre or Big Boy, mm-hmm. and so it's like, who the fuck are y'all? I don't know you guys. <laughs> I don't care about you guys. Um, and so it, it just it didn't. Eventually, they did come in and they sound fine, all this kind of stuff. But it's just not. This is not a song I gave a fuck about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it was fine. It was listenable, but nothing hooked me on this one. No, nothing. 
and they even kind of the first guys even mentioned kind of like West Coast or, or West Side or stuff like that. And, and it even had some sounds that maybe they were were they trying to imitate West Side rap? I, I you know it, West Coast rap maybe. That was the it, it kind of got that vibe a little bit. It felt, yeah. but it just it didn't fit to me. I no. I didn't care. It's fine. You're right. It's fine. I don't hate it, right. but I don't care about this song. Yeah. Um, the next track on the album is just called Nathaniel, and it's just it honestly it sounds like somebody who like literally put a rap on their answering machine. Yeah, yeah. I think I think what the kind of the story is. I think it's someone calling from jail. Honestly, I think oh, okay. that's like what's happening. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm not gonna play it. We really don't need to talk about it. <laughs> okay. Um, so we're gonna go into the next one, uh, which features both CeeLo and Erica Badu, and it's called Liberation. There's a fine line between love and hate to see. Came way too late, but baby, I'm on it. There's a fine line between love and hate to see. Came way too late, but baby, I'm on it. Can't worry about what a nigga think to see. That's liberation and baby, I want it. Alright, so you know what? With CeeLo and Erica Badu on here, I, I kind of expected more. Uh out okay. of this song. Fair. Uh it this one actually really didn't do anything for me. I, I liked this one a little bit better because I mean I, I came off of Y'all Scared and Nathaniel, mm-hmm. and so I this was at least a step up from those two, but you're right, it wasn't it wasn't as amazing as it should have been. Um, CeeLo, I liked the times when he was on there because mm-hmm. he, his voice, I think, his, his voice pierces through. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can pick him out so easily. Yeah. You know, he could be in a choir of 100. I'm like, oh, CeeLo's in there. Um, <laughs> but but you're right. I mean, it, I, I, I dug the chill vibes, and there's um, thoughtfulness in the lyrics because I think it, it looked like it was mostly about you know, trying to be real to yourself, um, where, you know, in the hip hop game, everybody's talking about being real and you got to be, be real, but like, but the be real in the hip hop group is you got to be this fake thug bullshit. Mm-hmm. And here they're trying to just, they're trying to actually just be themselves. Yeah. Um, but you're right. The song itself, it's got some experimental vibes to it, which is totally fine. That fits for the style of Eric Badu fits with the style of, uh, outcast, but it's not one that I'm going to pull out and listen to very often. Yeah. Um, I did look it up. Um, Erica Badu was not married to Andre 3000, but they were together okay. um, for four years, but actually only from 95 to 99. Oh, okay. 95 to 99. So right right in this point. And they had, I think they had a, a kid together. Okay. That you said. Okay. I'm pretty sure they have a kid together. Okay. That makes sense. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, that brings us to our final track on the album, uh, which is called Chunky Fire. Yo, this is my story, this is my song And to them rooted poops, don't attempt to drop this at home It's just a poem, until y'all learn right from wrong Know when to bless a situation, when to grab the throne But it's back on, another stormy night in Atlanta, Georgia Overcast, but on behalf of outcasts, I court ya He invites you to an emotion-filled theater Bring your umbrellas, cause you're fella, it gets no weirder Rain, rain, supreme, green, dungeon, dungeon, kings Do you know what brings rats? Uh, unfortunately for me, it wasn't necessarily a strong ending 
it was a fine song. It really didn't do anything for me. Yeah, I got I got some funk. There was some uh, electric guitar in there, mm-hmm. uh, which I liked. Yeah, I wrote down this one's decent, not amazing. Um, there's like a weird cut in at a, of an awards show and an acceptance speech, and then it goes off into kind of this rant, and the music starts to slow and distort. And there's like a theremin. They they definitely have like a theremin at, at some point. Um, but yeah, the song's not amazing. The song is just it's fine. Yeah, it didn't didn't. Um, you know, hype me for the end of the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there was a skit at the end where a guy returns a CD. I think is <laughs> pretty much like the CD that was bought at the beginning of the album. Right. And that's, that's pretty much it. So. Okay. It was fine. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move into our final thoughts. I'll go ahead and start since I had the least amount of, uh, connection with the, with the entire album. Overall, I found it to be very listenable, but, there was really, I there was really only two new songs off of this album that I took away as being ones where I would really go back and seek them out again. Rosa Parks, Skewered on the Barbie, love those songs. They will constantly be in my rotation for as long as I live. Um, the Art of Storytelling Part One, I did enjoy, and mm-hmm. I will probably listen to that one in. And uh, Spotty Audi Dope Delicious, uh, yep. as you said, is a total mood. And I think I might have to be in the right mood to really want to listen to that one, but sometimes you do just kind of want to zone out, and that's a that's a perfect sort of like pseudo meditation yeah. uh, song. So, yep. Overall, good album, great singles. Stankonia is still my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, I'll say first and foremost for me, get rid of the skits. Ninety nine percent of the time, skits hurt an album. Um, I, I just don't think it's not the medium I'm looking for. If I want to hear like this kind of stuff, I'll go watch a play or watch a movie or some shit. I want an album, you know, tell me the story you want to tell me, but do it through fucking song. I don't care for skits the vast majority of time. So, um, what, uh, the songs though, you're right. The top songs are fucking amazing. And there's a good bit of ones that are like listenable. And there's very there's a few of them that are just like I just don't like, but that is that's the the least part. It's kind of like a you know kind of a interesting bell curve where the biggest chunk is definitely just yeah they're listenable you mm-hmm. know um, I get it sounds decent, but then those top like three for me and it's Rosa Parks, Skewed on the Barbie, and Spodio de Delicious for me, those three are just phenomenal heads and tails above the rest. Um, I respect them, and I will say listening to this album all the way through again. It's been a while since I had listened to it all the way through. I've gained a deeper appreciation for the experimentation that they're doing mm-hmm. and they're willing to do. Um, they have a, such a unique sound. Outcast is so obviously outcast and they just, they're going to be them. And I love that. I respect that about them. And so I'll, they'll, they'll pretty much always be in like my top three hip hop artists of all time. Yeah. So I, I fucking love them. And so I enjoyed going through it, but overall my favorites didn't change. Okay. Okay. All right, well, that was our review of the album Aquemini by Outkast. Please join us next time as Adam and I get medieval by breaking down the 1991 film Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, discussing the cartoon King Arthur and the Knights of Justice, and recasting Robin Hood using actors of today. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com. And if you want to suggest a movie or TV show from your childhood or to be a guest on the podcast, go over to patreon.com backslash blastpastcast and pick a tier that works for you. 
to find us on social media, search for at BlastPassCast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time. comic books? Me too. Hi, I'm John. Join me over at the Comics Underground podcast, where I invite guests to discuss their favorite comic books, graphic novels, manga, and more. Go to bfopnetwork.com for more info, or find me on your favorite podcatcher. I'll see you there.